Hello listeners and welcome to the third Roots and Hooves program from the Agriculture and Natural Resources Division's Agriculture Support Section. Through this regular radio program, we are aiming to increase general awareness around farming and local produce, encourage more people to take up farming, offer tips and techniques for new farming methods, and also update you on the services and support available. Today we are speaking with Joe Hollands, the island's Senior Veterinary Officer. Joe is a well-known face on the island and will soon be taking his well-earned retirement. Joe has joined us today to speak about the services offered by the Veterinary Service. Joe, welcome to the program. Thanks very much. So Joe, how long have you worked on St Helena? Well, I first came in 2009 to train, if you like, paraveterinaries or paravets uh, for six months. And then I came back 2010 as the permanent uh, senior veterinary officer, um, which is the first time you had one on the island, I think, actually. Well, I know. (laughs) And then I I did disappear for two years when I was offered a job in Tristan, which I couldn't turn down. I just had to go to Tristan and also worked for a a non-governmental organisation for one year um, on the Turkish-Syrian border fighting a disease called leishmaniasis. And both those jobs were just offered to me. I just couldn't resist, really. It's just such a unique opportunity. And I enjoyed them both immensely, both very worthwhile. But I had to come back, of course. (laughs) True, come back to St. Helena. Um, so could you tell us more about your role as Senior Veterinary Officer here on Zeklina? Yeah, it's interesting actually, because I've done many years in uh, veterinary practice. I was going to say ordinary veterinary practice, both small animal and large animal. Um, but the, what's, what's interesting about an island vet, I think, is that you get involved in so many different diverse uh, strands of linked to, to, to veterinary science and medicine. So in other words, we have a practice here, a full practice, a working practice, so large and small animal. And by that, I mean, you know, obviously the livestock and then the dogs and cats and guinea pigs and rabbits, <laughs> what we call companion animals. Um, and that side's got busier and busier, actually, particularly the small animal side, which I see is a very good thing. People are taking more and more care of their, their, um, their small furries, their, their um, furry friends. Because they see the benefits, I think, of, of the treatments, which is great. Uh, and also that they know we can offer them services like removing tumours and so on and sort of jumping on the illnesses, you know, quickly before they develop. Um, but apart from that, you get involved in drafting new legislation, you get involved in conservation work, a little bit in the marine side, um, biosecurity, which is really important, um, a little bit in research. We've, we've done quite a bit, actually. Um you know, the public health, I sit on the health protection board, so it's nice and diverse. And it goes on, there's always lots of other odds and ends, different jobs uh, required of me too. Contributions to the National Trust, you know, conservation of the wild bird, um, control of feral cats, all that sort of stuff. Okay. What services are offered by the veterinary section and how big is the veterinary team? So there's um, five of us all together. Um, uh, there's... Uh, uh, Ken Henry, um, Rico Williams, Kerry Sim, and uh, Clayton Andrews. They're a great team. They really are. Um, and, it, and it allows us to offer quite a diverse range of services, both the livestock side, the large animal uh, call-outs, which take quite a bit of time if you're driving to Levelwood. There's always a sick pig at Levelwood or something. Um, and then the small animal side too, where we do operations and you know obviously treat clinical cases, and then the routine stuff. Um, like worming and uh, for small animals defleeing and so on so um, so it's it's actually a busy team too we've always got a lot on 
because this is a tropical island, so it does harbour a few problems, particularly worms, actually, in livestock, which um, the worms here kill livestock. And so because of that, we're very occupied with regular uh, routine worming cycle um, to try and stop particularly sheep and goats from dying. And, and that's a classic in the, uh, uh, example of a breach of biosecurity, the fact we've got this uh, killer worm here called the barber's pole, which is like a drill bit. And it um, sucks blood from the stomach of particularly sheep and goats. And so um, we're very occupied, um, you know, treating the, the stock all the time to prevent prevent the parasite getting on top of the, the livestock. So, um, yeah, we offer a, a wide range of services. Obviously, uh, you know, with the clinic, we we do daily or weekday consultations too. So we always attend to emergencies. So there's a 24-7 emergency service too. So the guys are really good because they all take it in turns to be on the call. And then I carry a, a duty phone, so I'm always on call, <laughs> but as a backup. And they do cope with a, a lot by themselves. They're very, very competent and they use their initiative. So I'm very, very lucky. During your time here on St. Helena, have you seen many changes in what is offered by the veterinary service? Yeah, we tried to instigate quite a lot, really, because I know when I first came, um, budget's always very tight, but the facilities were pretty sparse, put it like that. I remember the operating light was a one of those angle-poised desk lights for operating, screwed to the side of the operating table, and it used to fall over quite frequently, you know, with the danger of it falling into the operation. So we got decent operating light now. We we There was no x-ray. We've now got a very good x-ray unit and the hospital have been very good at cooperating and or helping us so that we don't develop up here. We develop the x-rays down there and it's all digital, which means we get really good quality x-rays. So we take the x-rays up here and go down there and develop them. Um, ultrasound, we've got a nice ultrasound machine, which we never had before. Uh, we've got an ECG machine, which we never had before. And it enables better, more accurate diagnosis so you can treat animals a, a lot, lot better. Uh, and also the other thing really is um, one of the things I wanted to do was to constantly evaluate what is on the island and how to treat it just so that the team also benefit because they can recognise um, the conditions that are here. Uh, but by, by that I mean there are lots of other conditions in the world that affect animals, but a lot of them are not here, so you don't have to look for them. So um, we do our little bit of research. We investigate everything that, that goes wrong. We do post-mortems which is very, very helpful. And I have to say, Islanders are great at letting us do post-mortems because they understand it's a benefit if an animal dies. Why did it die? Is there something we should know about? You know, Why didn't the treatment work? Um, so we've expanded all that. And because of that, I, I believe certainly with the team, we've expanded their knowledge. So they're really engrossed in it. They understand it better. They understand the, the principles behind it all, which is very important, understanding the anatomy of animals, the physiology, how things happen, why things happen, so they can deduce, like a detective, what the diagnosis is. Because bear in mind, animals can't talk. A doctor quizzes you. Where does it hurt? How long? Do you feel nauseous? We have to deduce all that. And uh, and that's a bit I like, actually. It's detective work, um, trying to work out what's gone wrong by their appearance, their colour, their smell even, all little hints. And then the more detailed things like heart rate and breathing and temperature and maybe blood samples. Um, but you can deduce a lot just by examining the animal's behaviour. And so the guys have got really good at that. They understand they need to not just go, you know, um, diving into a case for a sick pig or for example, 
if you dive in and just chase it around, you won't know if it's you, what the symptoms are. So they know to stand back, examine, just look first and, you know, just just but observe everything and deduce what's wrong. So that's that's a great improvement. What would you like to see happen next with the veterinary service on St. Helena? I think I think the main thing is, I mean, I always hope that whoever replaces me will, you know, have a, a fresh batch of ideas what to do. But there are, of course, very severe budgetary restraints. And um, that's understandable, particularly with the pandemic racing around the world. Um, everybody's going to be short of money. But the key thing, to be honest, and we did have it planned, was a new veterinary surgery. We're in very tight, cramped um, quarters down there at the clinic. We cope and we're used to it. We're used to dancing around each other and even crawling underneath the operating table to move things from one side to the other. And um, and we are used to that. Um, but we were going to move next door and into quite quite large premises to make it a proper, decent um, veterinary clinic. And that would have been really nice. But I fully understand now the money's just not around. And so we cope. We have to adapt to circumstances, make it work. Um, and what have you enjoyed most about working on St. Helena, Joe? And what are you planning to do next? <laughs> yes. I think what I've enjoyed most and why I came back, actually. Well, it's the third time altogether, really. I've <laughs> come back. Um, is uh, genuinely, I think Islanders are great here. Y you know, in the UK, I think, to be honest, clients are getting more and more demanding and more and more sort of uh, liability conscious. In other words, you know, when animals are sick, things go wrong, not because of the vet's fault or anything, but the animal's sick and, you know, maybe the kidney's failed or something. Yeah. And in the UK these days, it's more and more common for people just to sue because they might get some money um, because they know everything's insured. Um, and, and it's quite cynical, really, I find, really. And I find Islanders very sensible, very grounded. Um, they're not time wasters. Uh, they're very helpful. And they've always been very grateful. I've had no issues at all. And I like that working environment. It's sensible, it's cooperative, and it's more productive. So, um, uh, and it's also a lovely environment. I think working up here at Scotland, NRD2, uh, the premises are beautifully kept. It's a bit chilly in winter, um, but it's so lush and interesting. And the island is very beautiful. One forgets sometimes, but I go back to the UK and see all the grey faces and the rain <laughs> and the short winter days, and I come back and then I see the beauty all over again. It is it is a very special, uh, uh, precious emerald jewel in the middle of the Atlantic, and um, I think sometimes we take it for granted. I, I know economically there are... Lots of woes and struggles here, but it is a very precious place. Well, thank you very much for speaking to us today, Joe. Um, and is there anything else you'd like to say to our listeners? No, probably just thank you. You know, I've been here on and off, or mostly, since 2009. And I've always been made to feel very, very welcome. And um, I've enjoyed the hospitality and friendship of, of many islanders. And um, you're a great, great bunch of folk, honestly. Yes. Thank you, and we wish you well in your retirement. Oh, thanks very much. It won't be a retirement, I promise. <laughs> <laughs> I'll keep myself busy. Yeah.